0: When I think about the phrase, in Lord's Prayer, on earth as it is in heaven, I tend to think, like, bring it on, God. If only it was on earth as it is in heaven. Well, Jesus asked us to pray that, so there must be a way that we can experience and know and bring heaven's glory into this desolate, sin-crusted world. Well, how do we do that, then? That is the question that we will be answering in today's episode of Storming the Gates. And be sure to stick around to the end because the Lord gave me a word for 2023, and I want to share it with you. Welcome to Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. You will be inspired, equipped, and find strength for every battle you face. Welcome back to another episode of STG, otherwise known as Storming the Gates. This is Joni Scott, and I am your host of Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. So I have been praying and thinking on what God would have for this particular podcast And one main new thing that I'm going to be adding for 2023 is regular interviews. Yay! I have always wanted to conduct more guest interviews. I want us to hear from people who have experienced a direct answer to prayer, as well as hearing from those who know how to truly storm the gates of hell and heaven with prayer. So in two weeks, I'm going to be sharing my first guest interview with a great gal I met on Instagram named Emily Grace or Emily Lewis. It will be all about God's grace and how that relates to our prayer life. There is this tendency to feel pressure to have better prayer lives, and we feel we never pray enough, and then guilt keeps us from turning away into personal prayer. And this is what Emily Grace once struggled with. She has overcome the constant I shoulds and now helps women find freedom from the chains of guilt that once bound her. She wants to help you be loosed as well. So follow, subscribe, sign up for the newsletter in the show notes below to be sure you get to hear about that upcoming episode. Other than that, we are going to continue our deep dive into the Lord's Prayer. The last episode, prior to a couple holiday specials, took us through the phrase, thy will be done, which I will link to in the show notes as well. But now we turn to the last part of that thought, on earth as it is in heaven. And that is a phrase pregnant with meaning. Can we just pause for a moment here and mentally assess that phrase? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What a powerful thought. Recently, when we covered Thy Will Be Done, I was considering how that represents the idea of surrendering to God's will. But God's will being done does not mean just surrendering, even though that is at the heart of God's will. God's will is also found in the doing, and I'm going to explain that. On December 16th, I wrote about this in my journal. Here's what I wrote. Today, God met me as a disciplinarian. I got out of bed, and as I prepared for the day, I began listening to a news podcast. That is something I told the Lord I would not do. I had promised to avoid news and social media until after I spent time with Him. So I don't know about you, but once I get scrolling and clicking, an hour has gone by before I even realized what hit me. I begin to sense a sternness from God. He actually seemed like a stone wall to my meager prayers, which were going nowhere. It was as though He towered above me with great crossed arms and was looking down at me like a strict schoolmaster. So my first thought is this must be some demonic thing here that's disturbing my peace. I'm not used to God being stern, He's always loving kind, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. Just listen to my interview with Emily in two weeks. You'll understand that that is who our God is. And so I attempted to beat off this sense of a stern God by rebuking the enemy. And I began reading God's word. But it didn't go away, and it actually grew stronger. Now, I want to say it wasn't a terrifying sense of God's sternness but uncomfortable, like I was under the scrutiny of a parent who just walked in on their teenager as they were blatantly disobeying in some way. And I hated that feeling. I mean, I really did. I couldn't pray or read. So I just sat there waiting. Then God's spirit broke through and said to me, I have called you out. I am separating you to myself. Yet still you do not obey You need to pray. I'm protecting you. And he meant protecting me by calling me to this life of prayer. Well, then the sense of sternness changed and turned into a deep sorrow. In fact, I sensed God's sorrow over not just my own lack, but the general lack of God's children. We hear God's voice and yet we drag our feet. We are slow to obey. And we procrastinate. By hesitating to walk in God's commands, we are showing God we do not want to obey. And that was an arrow to my heart. And it hurt. By playing on my phone, I show God I really did not want to obey his call to put my time with him first. Yikes. And ouch. My heart and motives were laid bare you know, I still was wondering, could such a firm rebuke really be for my father who loves me dearly and unconditionally? I reached for my Bible and opened directly to Matthew four twenty, where it says, and straightway they left their nets and followed, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him immediately. As I read those words, they offered confirmation these men were chosen, not because of prestige, good looks, or talents. God chose them because they had a heart to follow. They did not hesitate to leave behind the most precious things things in life to follow. And by doing so, they proved they had a true love of God. So I compare this to when I was first dating my husband. He lived two hours away from where I was. And honestly, I was going through a very rough patch emotionally. There were times I would call him when it seemed all of life had turned on me. And the next thing I knew, he was at my door knocking. He would would leave whatever he was doing and just come to me. And he told me the song by Third Day represented how he felt. And it says, I can't stop the rain from falling down on you again. I can't stop the rain. But I will hold you till it goes away. And to this day, that song and those memories of him driving through the night after a 12-hour shift, just to comfort me, still brings tears to my eyes. So it's no wonder I said yes to marrying that man and why I'm still so crazy in love with him to this day. And that is the sort of love we're meant to feel to our God in heaven. It is why all of heaven worships, adores, and obeys the one on the throne that shines through all of eternity. They see him and they know him. Obedience is not a chore or a question. It is something those who love eagerly do and can't wait to do for the one they love. That is how God loves us. And it is how we love him back. Take a look at John 14, verse 23 through 24. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we'll come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. So do you want to bring heaven to earth? Obey. (laughs) Obey. Do what they do in heaven. Say yes. There is a young revivalist, and you may have heard of her. Her name is Jessie Green. I just adore that young gal's zeal for the Lord. And she said in a recent interview that her family's motto is, Obedience is success. When I heard her say that, I thought, I have never heard such a thing. It's like, you know, mind-blown. Obedience caused Jesse's family to move from New York and go all the way to California in order to minister the gospel. And throughout the years, they've given up houses. They've left ministries they loved and ministries that were effective, but they obeyed. And God has done amazing things through their life. Through simple obedience, they have led meetings, even in the pouring rain where many were saved and healed. And Jesse's been featured on television and internet shows and is now raising up a new generation of fiery evangelists. And all because this wee lass said yes to an unseen God. And a yes to God is usually accompanied by a no. (laughs) What do I mean by that? Well, the reason a yes gets stuck in our throat is because we resist saying no to the things the world offers us. I'm not just talking about creature comforts like staying in bed or binge watching a Netflix series. Sometimes we have to say no to a good distraction. For instance, I have recently been feeling led to begin backing out of the children's ministry that I deeply love, and I really have fun participating in it. And many people at our church were kind of shocked that I would leave a place God has set me for the last six years, a place I've thrived a place where I was a blessing to my home church. And by the way, I am a big home church gal. Shout out to New Life Church of Marquez. Mwah, 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 blowing you kisses. But whenever I took time to sit with God, he was telling me that my very full and busy life needed to be parred back a bit, that my real true ministry takes place behind closed doors, alone with him, where no one sees. No one applauds. No one hears. The question has risen within me many times. Is that enough for me? I think it's only appropriate for us to consider what success means to us. Is it feeling fulfilled, happy, financially secure? Or is success seeking God's will and then doing it? Even if you don't feel fulfilled, happy, or financially secure, right? (laughs) Right. And that can be answered when we say to God, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is God's will accomplished in heaven? You know what? I'm not going to answer that here. I will, however, use it as food for thought in this month's newsletter. And by the way, in the newsletter, you'll find a Bible study that also goes along with this episode, as well as prayer cards to print and utilize uh, through the links in the newsletter. Okay, so if you sign up to receive the newsletter today, you won't miss out on any upcoming episodes or the freebies I always include there. Um, but I do want to delve deeper into this topic through the Bible study, how God's will is accomplished in heaven. Now let's switch gears a little bit, because my original plan was to end this podcast right here and pray. But um, I usually Kind of plan out the podcast and then I wait on the Lord. And uh, sure enough, he adds things or takes away things. And this year, I believe the Lord has a word for the coming new year for us. So, first of all, God impressed on me that there is a severe importance of prayer right now, especially utilizing the gift of tongues if you have received it. I don't talk a lot about tongues here, but I am a firm believer in it. And if you have received that gift, it's time to start using it because things are coming. Winds are blowing across this land and our faith will be challenged. You don't know what lies ahead and it's important to be pre-prayered. So I feel like the Lord was just showing me the importance of setting time aside to spend time with him and to pray. And I want you to know that you can start small even five minutes, five minutes, if it's all that you have or all you feel you can do. But pray for your household, pray for your family, pray for your church. Secondly, as I hung out with the Lord this morning, the spirit within me seemed to be directing me to find something specific in scripture. It was just kind of like I couldn't go to my normal reading plan. And so after I sort of like, you know, browse through the Bible, and as I pray, like, what is it, God? God. I hit Hosea 7, verse 1. It says, When I would have healed Israel, then the iniquity of Ephraim was discovered. Hmm. So I pause there. Because lately I've heard a lot about exposure, that God wants to expose things in, in churches, in the government, right? And many godly spirit-led ministers have been saying to pray for exposure. And I've been thinking, is that what we want to happen, or is that what God is saying? And then when I hit this verse, I was thinking, is that what this verse is saying? That in order for God to heal our land, sin must be uncovered. All right, so let's read it again. Hosea seven one: When I would have healed Israel, then the iniquity of Ephraim was discovered. I looked up the Hebrew word for discover. And it's interesting, it's the word galah. It means to uncover, to reveal, to disclose, and to be naked. And it's also used concerning being led into captivity. And that's when Spirit began to speak to me. And he said this, the hidden sins of this nation, USA, must be uncovered for our nation to be healed. And that is why we are praying for exposure, for galah. And he said to me that as it is uncovered, the spiritual warfare over this land will certainly intensify and things are going to shake. We have already seen much of this warfare. And the more that is uncovered, the closer we will move towards our healing. And it's going to cause us to repent and cry out to God. Yet, keep in mind, the more it is uncovered, the more angry the spiritual wickedness in high places will fight. Now, as people repent and turn to him within homes, churches, or regions, he will be at work there. But to save the soul of our spiritually ill nation, there must be much more exposure and much more repentance. If we want it on a national level, that is what is required it's not that God wants repentance from the wicked who will continue to do wickedly the bible tells us that but from the church by those who are called by his name otherwise captivity is what the lord will use to reveal and obliterate hidden darkness so i say we start with our families start with our work places where we are just pray every day and may these small sparks ignite into a great grassroots fire. I recently did uh, an Instagram reel because the Lord had just shown me that the world is dry, like people are spiritually dry. But when things are spiritually dry, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. Some of you know that song. It does age me a bit, but it is true, especially in the dry times. And that is a part of why embracing our prayer time is so important right now. Okay, so uh, I want to read you a prayer from my journal from the next day after the Lord gave me that stern rebuke. And I want that to be our prayer because it was a moment of brokenness. And I also want to add that, you know what, since that day, I don't even care about looking at social media. I don't even care about looking at the news when I wake up. Before, I was always like magnetically pulled towards my phone, like, I have to read this first. I I have to know what's happening. I have to know what the weather will be. I have to know, you know. Um, And I just haven't cared. And I thought, wow, that had a hold on me, almost like a demonic hold, and it has melted away. So praise God for that. And um, so here is what I wrote, and I kind of reworded it a little bit. So it will be a prayer for all of us from 1217-22. Oh, Lord, if we only understood our lack, our lack of desire to truly obey and follow Jesus every moment. When we consider asking at every waking moment, what do you want me to do? We're terrified. Could we? Would we do it? It makes us realize our lack of trust and faith in your will. So change us, O Lord. Forgive my broken, sinful, selfish, fleshly ways. Forgive me for only wanting to preserve myself. I must scream above above the cacophony of the flesh as it calls and claws to bring me lower. When you, O Lord desire to bring me higher, I must call. Your will be done. Your will be done in me. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Thank you once again for listening to Storming the Gates. Be sure to visit our website at stormingthegates.net. While there, sign up for the newsletter and you'll receive free prayer cards and a Bible study for each episode. Check the show notes for links to items mentioned in today's show. We'll see you here again for the next episode of Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer.